As you all know by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. One, download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code JUSTBASEBALL. Two, deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. Three, you will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if your bet loses. Just make sure you use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL when you sign up. Disclaimer. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions and must be 21 or older to wager. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-327-369. 5050 in Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, and 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and get your $1,500 first bet offer today. general manager for the first time this offseason the playing gm series is back we always have a good time with that these are ipad episodes i got my ipad off to the right problem is like my apple pencil went to shit so i i can't draw like i typically do but we will survive Aram got up quickly are you getting your ipad too yeah i got an ipad now Ooh, do you have a tag on that's nice Northwest on. Arkansas Naturals crew hey, They just rebranded and I wanted to support the cause. I can't believe I just exposed the tag. <laughs> <laughs> you, were the kid that le- you were the kid that left the sticker on the hat, weren't you? That was swag, right? That was cool back in the day. No, sure. so Northwest Arkansas's Naturals, they rebranded. That is the affiliate of who, Jack? Uh, that is the double A for the Royals. Double A for the Royals. Go. Yeah. I've oh, got look at Peter. Just, yeah. I just said it. No, that was really so, good. Good job, Peter. I that, was, that was good auditory skills from Peter. Yeah, really, really great listening, Peter. Uh, Tyler Malley signed a two-year, $22 million deal with the Rangers. We'll talk about that real quick, and then we're going to play GM for the Nats. Yay. The Blue Jays. Yay. yay. And the Cardinals. Yay. I don't yay. know how much we got to do. So we're going to do all that. Um, I've also got something just about athletes in general that I, I found very funny. But before all that, Peter, we are brought to you by. 
BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, ladies and gentlemen. Come on and sign up and deposit into your newly created account using promo code JustBaseball. Download the BetMGM sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if it loses. And if that bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled. Gambling problem, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Must be 21 or older and terms and conditions apply. It is funny, Jack, before you get into your athlete thing that Arm and I kind of recorded this already, or at least we did the the national side and then sort of, but then Arm's internet wasn't working. Then we had to do free agents. And now we're doing the three of us and the three best teams in major league baseball, the Washington nationals, the Toronto blue Jays and the St. Louis Cardinals. It's a good blend. It's a good blend. I'm excited. I think it's a great blend before all that. The one like non-baseball thing that relates to baseball and athletes in general, Brian Curtis, who does a great job hosting the press box on the ringer. He's one of the editors at the ringer. Uh, he quote tweeted a tweet from Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, and Brian said, history was made yesterday with the first quote. I'm not overcoming the doubters tweet. Here's what Kayvon Thibodeau said. Thanks for all the recognition, but I'm not a victim and a quote, prove people wrong narrative or, and Quote, prove people wrong narratives are old. I'm playing good football and constantly getting better. Let's stop hanging on to old headlines. I love that because everybody needs to prove doubters wrong, right? Like every single athlete you've ever heard needs to prove doubters wrong. Kayvon Thibodeau was the number two recruit in America. He was Pac-12 all-freshman. He was two-time first-team all-Pac-12. He was a top-five overall pick, and now he's going to be all-pro. When is the last person of substance that doubted Kayvon Thibodeau. And I asked, like, there are so many guys that are like, oh, I, I gotta, I gotta prove the haters wrong. I understand that everybody has haters, but like if they're TikTok commenters, are they haters? Like, I, I understand that there are some people that have been told by people impactful in their life that they're not good enough at a certain stage, but someone like Kayvon Thibodeau, it's really hard for me to hear from a number one high school recruit in America that they have a bunch of doubters. I don't think you do. Yeah, it's kind of like Bryce Harper coming out of high school or something like that. Yeah, He's like, oh, nobody was telling him he couldn't make it. Yeah, obviously there were people that were like jumping at the opportunity to say, oh, Bryce is going to be a bust. But that doesn't really mean like you prove the haters wrong. You just like prove the idiots wrong. Like, OK, yeah. nice. Good job. You know, it's like every time the world turns, it proves the flat earthers wrong. Like, OK, <laughs> good job. <laughs> right. That was kind of my takeaway, like, a yeah. hopper, right. Or um, in Alex Rodriguez. Who did Alex Rodriguez need to prove wrong? Did he have any doubter of consequence? And everybody's got doubters. I know that. And I know that the best athletes need to count to 10 if they were picked 10th, like Pat Mahomes. And and he's, you know, looking at the guys drafted in front of him saying, I'm better than you. But like, we we have to speak for yourself, man. I I said, this Alex Rodriguez guy looks like someone who's going to follow the rules. And he proved me wrong. I I think kind of what it is is that they develop this chip on their shoulder, whether it's warranted or not, and it helps them get an edge on the field. So what they'll do is they'll grab any source of hate, any source of a person just coming at them and then use it as fuel. I think that's what they kind of do it. So every little thing they're like, all right, I'm putting it in the bank because they're just competitive freaks. And I like how you brought it up because while this is a football player, it extends to all sports and especially baseball. Yeah, I I just think, I think you put it, like everybody has a chip and the chip is always warranted. But somebody like that, I appreciate that he's admitting that like 
no coach has really ever told him that he can't make it. He was a physical specimen when he was 14 years old. So let's just acknowledge that he's playing really good football. That's what I got. Let's hope that Tyler Malley can play good baseball for the Texas Rangers in 2024. This guy coming off of Tommy John surgery um, signed a two-year $22 million deal to fill in with this stable of arms that the Rangers have and that guided them to a World Series championship. It is a relatively low-risk contract at $11 million a year. It's like Joey Gallo signing one year for 11. Frankly, that's how I look at it. This is a nothing-to-lose contract for a team that has a lot of money. Yeah. Tyler Malley, I don't think, is going to pitch in 2024. I think they're just stashing him on the 40-man roster, and then he's going to pitch in 2025, or at least he's going to come back later in the season. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, Arm. I think so. I, I literally was Googling that as you were speaking. And there, they, the timeline, according to like MLB.com, was the hope since he got Tommy John surgery in May would be that he can return at some point in the mid or later summer of 2024. So I guess if you're the Texas Rangers, you feel like, all right, we feel like there's a good chance we can get him for the back end of the season or at the very least end of the season and the postseason. Whatever he gives us there is gravy. What we get from him in a full healthy season the next year is where we're really paying the majority of that $22 million. So I think if you looked at it like $5 million for the chance to get him to pitch at the end of the regular season and postseason, and then a one-year $17 million deal for the year after that, I mean, that's a good deal, right? The qualifying offer was $20 million this year. So if he returns in any capacity in 24, I think this is an unbelievable deal for them. Absolutely. I mean, he's a guy who had a 375 ERA in 2021. Then during the 2022 trade deadline, gets traded from the Cincinnati Reds, where he was played in Great American Small Park, over to the Minnesota Twins. We all remember that trade. Christian Encarnacion Strand, Spencer Steer, and Steve Hajar. I think that's how you say his Hadger. name. Who they, Hadger, Hadger, who they then flipped for Will Benson. So the Reds are playing checkers while the or the Reds are playing chess. Yeah. While the rest of the league, especially the Minnesota Twins, are unfortunately playing checkers. So the Reds got a very good deal out of this. The Rangers got a very good deal out of this. But we have to talk then about the Twins and how they got really the rough end of the stick. Yeah, I mean, they got shafted. I don't think there's any way around that. But what I will say is Minnesota has done a good job allocating their resources to the right players. Um there are some blips in the radar. I think Christian Vasquez is a blip in the radar. Correa, I don't think you can look at as a blip yet, but Joey Gallo had a solid year for them. Uh, that was a, a good gamble to take. And here's the thing about those trades. So often we see the prospects not pan out. Sometimes it's the headliner that doesn't pan out, especially on the Hill. That's baseball now, and we have to be okay with that. You assume risk when you make a deal like that, and this was not a no-risk situation by any stretch. And unfortunately, they just got hosed by the injury buck. If Tyler yeah. Malley was healthy, who knows what he could have done? He could have been a five guy. He could have been a low threes guy. We just don't know. So yeah. we can't ding the twins for not knowing that his his elbow is going to blow. Yeah. I think the one thing that you could ding them for maybe was picking the wrong guy to send out. Spencer Steer versus maybe somebody else. I don't know who was negotiated, who was on the table. But at the time, Steer was... You know, not really considered a high, high-end prospect, and I imagine they might have been able to swap him out for somebody else. Steer ended, ended up, you know, being a good piece now for the Reds. But at the end of the day, 
you gotta you have you want your teams to go and try to make those kinds of moves. It just didn't kind of work out the way that the that the twins were hoping. And for the Rangers, the pitcher that they are getting is a pitcher that garnered that type of deal, right? At the time, now Spencer Steer, like Arm said, was not the tippity top prospect, but Christian and Carnacion Strand certainly was big time power hitter. So that was the type of deal that it took to go get a Tyler Malley. And now the Rangers are getting him for two years at $22 million, which is very, very cheap considering what other free agents are getting on the market. Like if Malley can be that four, four, zero ERA guy back in 2022, that is still well worth two years, $22 million. I was surprised that the contract value was this low for a guy with upside who could put up a three seven five ERA, but you yeah, got to remember, only... you got to remember, he's going to miss several months in year one. So this isn't exactly. an eleven a year deal. True, but even still, right? Let's say that he misses the entirety, right? Twenty two million dollars for a guy who can throw a hundred and fifty innings at a low four ERA off of a blown elbow. Might be near that. I know. I'm just looking at the market and seeing all these guys get massive deals, right? We, Luis Severino got a decent-sized purse. Yeah, I just got to say, like, we don't know. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much unknown about this. I, so who's yeah. to say Malley's going to throw 180 off of Tommy John? I'd, I'd pay 22 mil for the unknown. Fair enough. You know, like, yeah, you know, and I think that's kind of what what they're doing here, right? It's just if, if Severino's one year 13 – you know, off of off of the TJ or off of just a bad year, but you yeah. could say, you know, banged up injuries, et cetera. And Mally probably wasn't pitching as well as he could because of the you know injury kind of coming to a head at that point. I'd I'd pay 22 mil to to find out what Mally can do in hopefully a year and change. If it's just one year, then it's a little tough. But again, I think they're they're betting on him being able to come back. And I think considering their financial restrictions to a degree, they've already spent so much. Their RSN situation, they're one of the key teams that are affected. They have to kind of shoot for this upside type of approach. And I think this is, I mean, if you imagine what other pitcher that has the ceiling of Tyler Malley, are they going to be able to get for that amount of money? I I don't know if there's anyone out there. No, that's why I thought this was a great fit for the Rangers for everything yeah. Arm said. Yes, I, I agree. And man, like, I don't think Dane Dunning is going to do 2023 again. <laughs> so it's good to have another guy there, especially when DeGrom's going to be out the entire year. If he can come back and help them with the playoff push as a quote unquote fresh arm, I think that's massive. What a casual doubting Dane Dunning. Are you kidding me? Uh, I watched <laughs> Dane Dunning for what, two seasons in Chicago. I'm not doubting him. I, I know that cat can spin it a little bit. Um, I just don't know if he can spin it two years in a row. 3.70 ERA at 172 innings for Dane What was Dunning. the lowercase X? The lowercase X was a 4.48. You know, yeah, you we're getting a little bit deeper, but whatever. It is what it is. I just you, thought it was amazing. Usually I'm that the one that ignores the lowercase X, but you ignored the lowercase X. Try to be positive here. Whatever. We're about to talk about the Washington Nationals. I'm trying to, like, redo my brain here. Listen, I, I don't think talking about the Washington Nationals is a negative thing by any stretch. Okay. Do you think, Arm? Yeah, we already did it a little bit. And then the, you know, the internet cut out and it was like, eh, yeah, do, Jack, we, need to, do we, we need to do it again? Would we have to do the nationals twice? That's why I'm getting into my positive brain. Yeah. Okay. Got you. How do you guys kind of want to go about this? Cause I've so, got by position. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what I was thinking. Like we pretty much identify the players who are a key part of the core. 
Um, because this is another year of the Washington Nationals either signing a vet or two that they can flip and then also potentially trading guys that aren't part of their future. So presumably the debate we're going to have is around Lane Thomas, whether he's a part of the future or not. The, the debate we won't have because they're obviously part of the future is uh, CJ Abrams, you know, and uh, Josiah Gray and a, a Mackenzie Gore. But do you trade a Joey Manessis? You know, do you do you trade some of these other guys? Maybe like that's kind of the conversation here. And then I also think, what do you add that is a flippable piece for you? I think maybe one more starter. Since we recorded, we talked about a flippable reliever. They end up going and getting Dylan Floro. Mm-hmm. And I'll take care of the the intro for you, Jack. They signed Nick Senzel. Okay, cool. We'll see if you can flip him. You know, <laughs> like I will see what we'll see what Nick Senzel can do. I think he's going to be playing a lot more third base. Um, and you know, I think they could go get one more position player and maybe one more starting pitcher. But I think mostly the conversation around them is what are the flippable assets and what are the assets or the pieces that you want to either extend or hold on to? As the Nationals probably hope to compete in the next two years, I think two years. So we pretty much did the core, right? You're not doing anything with C.J. Abrams. You're not doing anything with Mackenzie Gore. You're not doing anything with Josiah Gray. Those are your and buildings. Ke- and Kiebert Ruiz, he ain't going nowhere. And Kiebert Ruiz. Kiebert Ruiz. And I really wanted to talk about Luis Garcia. Luis Garcia was pretty damn good last year. 23 years old, second baseman. And when I say pretty good, I'm being generous. But he was a positive player by F4, 0.1. But he is really young. And I did see. I'm sorry, flashes. you said pretty damn good, right? And then you rip off a, a 0.1 F4. F4. You have to understand where my brain is. I am being positive. He does hit the ball hard. Okay, underlying <laughs> metrics. Underlying <laughs> metrics of Luis Garcia. Uh, 88% zone contact and a nine at 104 mile per hour, 90th percentile. What, okay, what's here's what's going to happen. They're going to give this guy yeah, 32%. <laughs> they're they're going to give this guy another year for sure. These underlying yeah. metrics are actually sweet. These are some of the best underlying metrics I've seen for a 0.1 F4 guy in a while. He's and, only 23. But jokes aside, like Garcia is going to get run. Like yeah. he did have and I think part of the reason why Peter said damn good is cuz the first half he actually was like or at least yeah. there was a stretch where he was damn good and then he hit a wall. And then when um, when everybody checked out is when he stunk. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, I here's the interesting thing. If Garcia struggles, they go get not they got Nassim Nunez in the Rule Five draft, so that means he has to be on the twenty six man roster. That is one of the best defensive shortstops in the minor leagues. Point blank period, one of the fastest players in the bigs. Immediately, switch hitter. I don't think he can hit much at all for power. He walks a lot. It's probably a bench, you know, speedster type of profile. But it's another guy that they're going to be able to get some run, you know, at second base, shortstop. You know, when they want to give Abrams a day off, he doesn't need a day off. He's twenty three but mostly at second base he'd probably be the best defensive second baseman in the sport so that'll be another guy that gets some run as well and have this bench roving role i'd like to see the nationals go get a dh that like a bounce back dh rowdy telez ended up signing with the pirates like that was a candidate right someone that you could see bounce back and then flip we were talking about it on the last episode before it cut out like the Pirates turned Rich Hill and G-Man Choi into Jackson Wolf, who's a six-seven left-handed pitching prospect. To like, yeah, it's probably back into the rotation stuff at the end of the day. But if you get five years of a five-starter for those guys for that you signed on a one-year deal, like no-brainer. So I think that's what they got to be looking at, right? Is who's a DH that isn't 
too good to sign with a team that's competitive, but isn't so bad that you can't flip him. And I think that's ultimately, and they got the one guy and think Nick Senzel kind of fits that mold, but he's not a DH, but I'm looking at the DH role right now. Cause Jake Alou, I think slides into DH. There's no way that they're going to roll into the season with Alou at DH as much as no I like him. Way. No way. No. <laughs> I love his story. Jack saw him in Auburn. I know um, he's like a 20 something round pick out of Villanova or where I forget. Where Boston college, Boston college, but yeah, they got to go get a DH. I think that's the one spot. DH, so like slash, a Vogelbach? Whatever. You think a Vogelbach makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think Vogelbach makes a lot of sense, to be honest. What, let's go even bigger. CJ Crone? Ooh. I don't think CJ Crone's too good for this gig. What about, is Garrett Cooper still out there? He is. He is. That is a, that, that, ooh, Garrett is Cooper. Car- is Carlos Santana too good? No. <laughs> no. All right, Carlos Santana. But he does this. He does this every year. He he makes a living off of netting you the seventy fifth best prospect in a system on yeah. a one year deal. Yeah. How, how about a gamble, Jared Walsh? Ooh, I kind of like the upside there. Right. He's just dealt with so much. Let's see what he can do if he's healthy. And didn't he have like vertigo too and other stuff? I do think CJ Crone is our perfect answer with upside. And I don't know if contending teams are saying, yeah, you are our first no. baseman or you're our DA. No, no. I, I think, and Cooper, I think, is a better version of Crone at this stage. So, is like, he? I think he is. I do. I mean, but I'm biased. He's had some <laughs> nice stretches. Uh, let's go CJ Crone. They signed CJ Crone. Congratulations, Washington Nationals. Okay, they got to so- go get a starter, too, by the way. Yeah, so Crone's Crone's going to DH. Manessis is going to play first. Uh, note, Juan Yepes got non-tendered. They signed yep. him to a minor uh, league free agent deal. Yep. So I like Yepes as a bench bat for them. True, yeah. Um, I do think the middle infield is taken care of for 2024. No changes with Abrams at short, Garcia at second, and Nunez as the third middle infielder. Catcher's taken care of. I want to go to the outfield for a, for a hot minute because – I really have the question, how quickly is Dylan Cruz in D.C.? And can James Wood get there in 2024? Because I do view Lane Thomas as a guy that they can hold on to. They should. But Victor Robles, like, that needs to be over. That's so far gone at this point. Stone Garrett, I love. But if you can push Stone Garrett to a fourth outfielder role or a roving, like a rotation of four, that would be great. Factor in Cruz by the All-Star break, let's say. A name that jumped to my mind was Harrison Bader. Is Bader too good for this? Bader's too good for this. I Are think. we sure? No, but I yeah. think. <laughs> That's why I said I'm not sure. I think. I think he's a little bit too good for this. Doesn't he yeah, see I, San Diego Padre now that uh, Trent Grisham's gone? I could see that. I, I actually do <laughs> like that fit a lot. Here's my thing. Is <laughs> Robles, you know, you're probably going to want to see what he can do just – Maybe you can flip him at the deadline. You've seen what he can do for four years. Oh, no, no I know. I don't think no, he can Jack, do shit. Jack, it was always next year for Victor Robles. 2024 is his No, year. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Same with Carter Keyboom. Yeah. Uh, nah, I know, man. So I, I I, do think Robles. So the thing with Robles, I actually think he could be a fine fourth outfielder, right? He's a good defender. I know that the metrics have been up and down for him, but I think if he's healthy and he locks in, he's generally a good defender, a good runner. He's the fourth outfielder. If you do go, if you're able to promise Bader an everyday role, assuming that the Padres are trying to aim higher, like then maybe, like you know, I, if I'm Bader, I'd rather take an everyday role with the Nationals to rebuild my stock on a one year than hey fourth outfielder like platoon role with a competitive team. Bader's too young to 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 go to that. I do think that he 
could get a starting opportunity elsewhere because he is better than that. But you never know. Sometimes things don't shake out that way. So I, I do think that that could make sense. Demote Robles to a fourth outfielder role. I mean, they non-tendered him, right? I mean, they ended up just being able to bring him back. I, I, didn't I see that they non-tendered him? I swore I, I thought it's I don't that. think they non-tendered Robles. I think he's in the cloud, you know, in uh, I, Apple. I think he's like up there. Just being he's just, oh, he's the just one floating. that Jobs did? The one that Steve Jobs yeah. made, the cloud? Yeah. No, sorry. They avoided arbitration. Oh, they declined his option. They declined the 2024 club option. Oh, wouldn't which, that have extended him several years? Yeah, so something dead. like that. They declined a $3 million option, which is all you need to know. Like the $3 million option would have done something to increase his control and whatever. But Okay, got it. So he had an agreed upon number. He had agreed to a multi-year arbitration extension. They declined that option but because he has less years of service time, he is not a free agent. They can still tender him a contract or go to arbitration with him. And they instead declined the multi-year extension and then gave him a one-year deal. It got you. So, okay. Really so, happy we figured out the whole Victor Robles situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was- <laughs> uh, starting pitcher. Uh, real quick, a name for me on the starting pitcher front. Wait, have we signed an outfielder for them yet? Yeah, Bader. Yeah. Did we not? Oh, we can't give them Bader. We got to give them. Let me give you a, a better name because I think Bader is just too good to be on the Nationals with all due respect. Pro far. Because I think he's going to sign with the Padres. That's my hot take. It's not really a hot take. It's just a take. Rafael Ortega. Aaron Hicks. Can yeah. Aaron Hicks be on the move, right? A little pedigree there. Yeah. That's all I got. Uh, is he a free agent? Aaron Hicks a free agent? He is. Yeah. He's gone from the Orioles. Yeah. Aaron Hicks. I like it. Go ahead. Done deal. Congratulations. Okay. Pretty good, right? A little upside there. What if yeah. you rekindle something and then you could flip him at the deadline? It's a perfect yeah. flip piece. Then he like stinks. It. Well, whatever. No, he's Aaron Hicks. Starting right, pitcher, so got... you guys have somebody in mind? Because I've got somebody in mind. I have two in mind. You want me to give them to you? Yeah. Um, Let me pitch you Sean Manaya, And let me pitch you Vince Velasquez. Those names making you feel any anything? Nothing. You think I mean, people have skipped already to the Blue Jays part? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, Nationals I, fans, we're trying here. This is not bad. We got you CJ Crone. We got you Aaron Hicks. Can I interest you the, in? We know the core. Naoyuki Uwasawa. Sure. So, so everyone wants to talk about Shota Imanaga. Everyone wants to talk about uh, that, that Yamamoto guy, right? Naoyuki Uwasawa has put together some good numbers in in, in Japan, some good numbers. Fastball may only be 90 miles an hour, but it averages like 19 to 20 inches of IVB. It's 2,500 to 2,600 RPM. I don't think teams are going to be lining up for this guy because of the VLO concerns, because of the focus on the the big fish in the market. And look, we saw Fujinami sign with the A's. I I think he's better than Fujinami, the the polar opposite type of pitcher. This is where the Nationals could give a two-year deal, let's say. If he's good, you keep him, you know, into next year and you hope to try to put something better forward next year. If he's kind of mediocre or you just suck this year as a team and, and he's pitching fine, flip him. You can go get some you can go get some good pieces. The A's flipped Fuji. I, I think Uwasawa is up, you know, a, an upside, like let's see what happens kind of guy. Cause like I know damn well what I'm getting from Vince Velasquez. And assuming the Nationals don't give him a hype video, it's just not going to be that exciting. I think I think Uwasawa, you have that mystery box appeal a little bit. So 
We could give him Naoyuki Nao, Uwasawa. Jeez. Naoyuki Uwasawa. You that nailed that take. pitch. I'm in. He's a gnat. I'm, I love it. The other Be- guy. Before yeah. we move on, Vince Velasquez had a 386 ERA. Now, I know. I'm not going to talk nice. about the expected numbers, but let's not pretend he's just chopped liver over Isn't here. Isn't he like, TJ'd he up? Going... Yeah, he might be. I think he's <laughs> TJ'd up. I don't think he's healthy. Okay, um, but he might miss Spencer the entire year. Also, Trumbull. Oh, he is healthy now. Yeah, yeah uh, Vince is going to miss the entire year. He had he had TJ on June 9th. So give him the Tyler Malley deal, but just scale it down. Two years, two mil. Yeah. Um, John the Manai name is that I actually liberal. wanted to float, there's a guy that needs to rebuild his, I guess, reputation, rebuild his stock almost as badly as Bader, if not equally as badly as Bader. Frankie Montas. Couldn't a Frankie Montas make sense in Washington? I think he would most likely go to a contender. But how do we know that he can help a contender right now? Yeah. Let's say the Nats are willing to give him the the Severino deal. The one and no one else one. is. Or yeah, one for thirteen, sure. Yeah, let's say they want to give you one for thirteen. Like if I'm the Nats, like I'd do that because again, you need to put something out there. And if he's good, you can get a, a pretty nice tall. If he sucks. Shit, you lost 13 million. Someone had to pitch those innings anyways. And at the end of the day, like, they are never going to have a payroll this low again. And Pat Corbin's coming off the books next year. So I, I don't I don't hate that at all. Um, the plan would also be to hope that you could flip Trevor Williams. So, I mean, that would be an aim high. I think that's their best case scenario is getting a Frankie Montes. I yeah, think Uwasawa is their best, their best bet. I do think the Yankees are going to bring him back because I don't think they just want to let him go and like basically never get an inning and trade all those guys. I feel like they're going to give him a one-year deal. But would he say yes? Like Yankee fans have just shit on him for being unavailable. Yeah, but I don't think he cares. I mean, he might How care. You know? He might just say, I'm like, done. I don't cared. know. I don't know. I, I Everything I read about Frankie Montas, because it is an interesting situation because like this guy was a stud and then his shoulder blew up and then it's like, all right, now he's gone. Yeah, I do think the Yankees want to give him a try. That's all the rumors. Now, we're playing general manager. Other guys have rumors too. But what I will say is I think that's what the Yankees want to do. Whether they do it or not is another question, but that's all I've read. Uwasawa, it's done. I, mean, I, already, I, already, I already put the contract in. His, his agent's on it. Okay, so in summary, how did we just fix the Washington Nationals? So let's go through their lineup right now. So at shortstop, you got C.J. Abrams. In right field, you got Lane Thomas. Catcher, Kiba Ruiz. First base, Joey Manessis. Left field, Stone Garrett went down at the end of the year. Is he their left fielder? He's healthy. Yeah, he should be good. Okay. Second base, Luis Garcia. Third base, I guess, Nick Senzel. D.H. C.J. Crone. We signed Crone. We signed C.J. Crone. Center field, Aaron Hicks. Yeah. Hicks as a time buyer for Dylan Cruz. Exactly. And then you also have Victor Robles on your bench. And, you know, you got then in the starting rotation, Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore, Jake Irvin, and then Naoki Uwasawa. Naoki Uwasawa and, and Patrick Frankie Corbin. Montas. <laughs> and Frankie Montas. That team, they won 71 games last year. That might be a 75 win team. Could be. We're just trying to make them better, man. Yeah. And then they it's flip just, all these guys. It's one it's more like year. It's one. It's one more year of the flipping and this bullshit. And um, then Woods and, there. And then I think the the big piece for them, either if they decide to extend him or not, is you know flip Hunter Harvey potentially, flip Kyle Finnegan for sure. 
definitely flip Tanner Rainey. Can I can I also everybody. say that there are starting pitchers coming? Like Jake Bennett probably debuts in 2024, and Bennett had a really good 2023. Yeah, a really nice season. Mitchell They've Parker. Got some... Mitchell Parker yeah. fascinated me in AAA, and Parker will be knocking on the door. He'll make big league starts. Is he going to be really successful? I don't know. But they have guys coming, and you'll get a little bit of a taste this year in Washington. But like Arm said, it's just it's one more year. One more. Before we move on to the Blue Jays, I want to revisit the Juan Soto deal because Juan Soto, of course, went to the Yankees, but originally Nationals to the Padres. And we got the prospect guys on here, so might as well talk about these prospects. So we remember the Padres got Juan Soto and Josh Bell. The Nationals got Luke Voigt, C.J. Abrams, Mackenzie Gore, Robert Hassel III, James Wood, and Harlan Susana. So we've seen what Abrams and Gore have done at the big league level. Aram, give me a letter grade on Robert Hassel. Oh, that's such nice. a loaded Be question. Nice. A letter grade on Robert. <laughs> that isn't mean. I'll give you a letter grade on the entire package, which okay. is, I mean, they have their everyday shortstop who I, you know, I've wrote that piece, breaking them down. And I've, I've made my case for him as, as I think a guy that's really blossoming in this game. And I think Gore's going to be a solid lefty, at least a mid rotation piece. Those are two really key pieces. It's hard to get that in any trade. Hassel's been extremely disappointing. Uh, Wood is still a top 15 prospect, and Susana is far off and sprays 100 everywhere. I'll give it a B. 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 Yeah, get to B. Jack? Yeah, uh, B. I. I don't Susana walked 40 guys in 63 <laughs> innings. That's really hard to push. Yeah, so, but so did Blake Snell, and look what he did. I, I would <laughs> say, like, okay, you get an everyday shortstop, you get what looks like, you know, a star outfielder, and you get, you know, a lefty that's that could be a three. Hell, could be a two. I'm really high on Mackenzie Gore still. But um, I, I think those three pieces for, you know, a really good player is an A- minus or an A. But those three pieces alone for Juan Soto, one of the best players in baseball, maybe the best hitter, in baseball, um, that's it's a B B plus. What Wood's the X factor here? Would he be an MVP candidate, if, or he could he could be John Mayberry? And, and if he is if he is an MVP okay. candidate, it's an A plus. Like this works. Yeah, John Mayberry reference. It's December fifteenth. We are big tall guy here. that could not hit. <laughs> Let's jump to the Toronto Blue Jays. Before we do that, what you got? Thumbs up. What are we doing? No, it's getting we're jumping up in class right now. The Blue Jays. Let's roll. Oh, yeah, we're good. But before that, sit back down. Quick break. Okay, now you can jump back up. Here's the deal. The CBT threshold, the competitive balance tax threshold this year, is going to be around $237 million. The Mets are already 13 million shy of that. They are the only, eh, you know what? The Phillies are at 223. They don't have much breathing room either, but there are two other teams over 200, the Yankees and the Atlanta Braves. The Toronto Blue Jays have $142 million on the books right now. So they've got money to spend if they want to push closer towards that competitor, that luxury tax, that competitive balance tax. Here's the deal with the Blue Jays. They were good. They were really good last year, but they were not good enough. They couldn't get through the wild card series in Minnesota. Is their manager on the hot seat? I think many would say yes. 
I think this would be a good one to go position by position because we need to be really selective with where we improve and how drastically we improve Mm -hmm. this team. Starting at catcher, Alejandro Kirk and Danny Jansen. No notes. You're going to roll with that. You're regretting trading Gabby Moreno. I would say they should call up Gabriel Moreno. Yeah, they should. But now, like, their third option is Zach Britton. Um, We're already off to a rough start with Blue Jays fans. You made your bed. You got to lay it guy. I think Blue Jays fans can acknowledge that they made that bet and they're sleeping in it. They have to. Like, what are you going to do? But it's it is like, what oh, it is. Oh, no, I it want Gabby back. Let me give you Kirk. I'm just saying, we're starting off real. Just, hey, we're doing play general manager of the Blue Jays. Let me stab you right in the neck as soon as we start. Sure. Um, first base, Vladdy Jr. His backups are Spencer Horwitz and a guy that I love. I know Aram knows I love him, Damiano Palmajani. Uh, I like that starter and two backups. I got nothing. Me neither. Do you like? He should be an MVP candidate next year. Vladdy needs to step it up. I hope he does. But regardless, you're rolling that guy out every single day. He's available. Second base, Davis Schneider and Santiago Espinal. I think you roll with that. I think you roll with it. King, good answer. I was I was like ready for war. If any of you guys. Spoke bad on on the boy Davis Schneider. I know I, I didn't think you would, but I didn't know if you were ready to declare him an everyday second baseman. I'm, I, I'm I, ready to declare 162 games with those two being good enough to be a starting second baseman. I'm totally fine with that. I love it. I mean, Schneider was awesome. I know he finished the year on a bit of a cold streak, and then it was like sporadic playing time. Guy's got juice, and yeah. I mean, I know he's just a really well rounded player, and can also slide around, can play third if you need him. Can play even the corner outfield if you need him. So I, I love that tandem. And Espinal, we know, is a phenomenal defender. So I think that's perfect. And he can hit let, just enough. We have seen him hit. Let me give you yes. one option of a guy who could make sense there if that's not good enough. Just yeah. to throw some out there. We're talking. Talking ball. Um, Jonathan Scope. No. That's not an upgrade on either of those guys. Fair. I'd rather have, yeah, I'd rather have both. Um, What about... Elvis Andrews. Nope. No. Have both. Yeah. Doesn't sound like anyone's going to be better than Davis. Gene Segura, Donovan <laughs> Solano. No, no. And Solano is pretty much a first baseman at this point now. Yeah. You're pretty much right. I just wanted to throw out some names for Blue Jays fans who are like, there's definitely some better options no. out there. Like, not really. Nope. You'd have to trade for one, and we should just stick with those two. Appreciate. You, know you got it good at second base. Yeah. Appreciate your mustached king. Yes, yep. exactly. Um, shortstop, Bo Bichette, Espinal is his backup. Yes, love it. A million times I, over. I want to rank Bo Bichette when I do a top 100 players, like, real hot. <laughs> like, so high that people are like, what are you smoking? I am obsessed with him. Obsessed. He's got, he's got to get into the gift range, right? You you did gifts for the top 25 and then just listed 26 or 100. Exactly. Yeah, let's push Bichette to the gift range. He might be. I got to find them a one-year time buyer at third base because as of right now, they're going to roll out Kevin Biggio with Ernie Clement as the backup. I will say this. Arelvis Martinez finished the year in AAA. He is not far off. You want to win a World Series. Is Arelvis Martinez playing third base for you every day? No. I don't know. I've got options there. Do you want to hear those options? Ugh, they're so bad. Yeah, I'm sad. We'll have to, yeah, what are the what are the options? We have to formulate a trade here, or they bring back Chapman because the options arm that he's about to run through, and I know what they are. They are so bad. <sighs> no, I mean, I'm not running to, through those. Respect to baseball players, though. I've got I've got two guys you're trading for. Okay, let's talk. 
One of them is in L.A. right now. He's a sitting duck. He's going to be in year two of a two-year deal. You can get Brandon Drury for about nine million dollars. Mm. How is it? When the last, how much has he played third at, over the last couple of years? Not much. He's played a lot of second, but he played third a lot in twenty twenty two. Huh. The hate. other one is fascinating, and it is a change of scenery guy. And you may laugh at me. This team that's trading him is going to need to kick some money in to alleviate this no, no. massive, massive, big thing. Who'd you say? I just said, oh, no. Could Yohan Moncada make any sense? It's not the mm, worst not, thing I've ever heard. It's not the worst idea. It's not as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah. I think if the White Sox, like, it is a buying prospect thing. Do they want to Do they want to cover some of Moncada's salary? Because he's got a club option after this year, but he's owed $24 million. So the Blue Jays either take on the 24 for Moncada and they give them pennies because Moncada at that price point is worth what? The number 30 prospect in your organization? The number 35 prospect in your organization? Uh, yeah. So what if the White Sox covered 15 and they knocked that number down to 9 mil for Yohan Moncada? Do you think that's enough for a guy that's blocked in Addison Barger? No. You don't think that's enough? Mm-mm. What do you, you think? They could get somebody though. They could they could get a warm body. I think it'd have to be legit. Like I think to get Addison Barger, you got to cover like the whole cost. And even then, I don't know if I'm giving up Addison Barger. I'd rather just have Barger. Like I'd rather see what him and Orelvis can do. I just don't have I don't want to play the Mancada game if I'm the Blue Jays. Like you've had enough unpredictability and turmoil and frustration. And you know, that I just I like the idea in a vacuum. I just I'd rather roll Orelvis out there and, and Biggio and just see what happens. Because the interesting thing is this. Orelvis cannot hit righties very well because he kind of gets chewed up by some good sliders. That's been his problem, and I think that will continue to be his kind of like bugaboo there. But he murders lefties, like pillages them. Last season against left-handed pitching, 303, 363, 679 slash line at the upper levels of the minor leagues. That's double A, triple A. It's a 1,042 OPS for Arelvis. So, okay, I like Arelvis for the short side of the platoon. I like him to go get lefties. Still got to, you got to answer the long side of the platoon. Basically, find me somebody that's better than Kevin Biggio against righties. You can shelter now Kevin Biggio from the lefties. Is that platoon maybe just good enough? You know what they could do? Get Evan Longoria. He can still hit lefties. But Arelvis can hit lefties. Oh, I thought you were looking for a guy who can hit lefties to platoon with Biggio. No, so a, a guy that can hit righties. A guy that can hit righties. Mike Moustakis? No. <laughs> I think I'm trading for Drury for a year. I like the Drury trade, but the, 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 Angels, the Angels said they want to go for it. With who? Yeah, I know. Drury. Look, I'm not saying they're not crazy, I, but Drury's one of their best hitters. You Gio Urshela? I was looking at that, but yeah, I, I almost would rather watch the Biggio, Schneider, even at times Espinal, like roving. You know, Barger could end up coming up and playing third, or Elvis. Could, like you have an open competition of like three, four guys. Do we say and cut the shit and just sign Matt Chapman? No. Could cut the shit inside Matt Chapman. Personally, I'd rather 
allocate those resources to corner outfield because third base is a tough position to find. Me too. So I think you piece it together with guys. Again, you have Schneider who could go over and play third if you want to put Espinal at second, or you could have Schneider at second, Espinal at third probably makes more sense. Um, so you could have Espinal playing third. You could have Barger if he breaks out playing third. You can have BGO plugging in. You can have Arelvis plugging in. You got like four or five options there. Where you don't have options, I know Jack was taking us through the outfield, is in the corners. Don Varsho needs to play center fucking field, by the way. Like, enough of this. Like, he grades out as a better defender in center. And I don't know if people realize it, but it is a totally different read in the corners. True center fielders don't like playing in the corners. A lot of them don't because it's a different read and the ball, it's hard for them to get the same jumps. Go look at the advanced metrics, even from last year. Far better and outs above average in a lot of different cumulative statistics playing center field and smaller sample sizes than he was in the corner. And especially if Arjo is not going to hit as well as we were hoping and as well as they were hoping, you better get every drop of the value out in center field. Put that dude in center field. Okay. He's playing up the middle. Who's playing the corners now? You traded Guriel. Uh, you obviously don't have some of the other pieces you had in the past, like Teoscar. You're probably not going to sign Teoscar and bring him back. That's too weird. You so could also you, sign Guriel and bring him back. <laughs> which is insane. So I, I assume that they can't tr- like go sign either of those guys. Maybe they could. I don't know. I think there's a lot of cornerbacks you could go get, though. That's a lot easier than answering third base. And I know Peter's got something in his mind. Galaxy brain. You ready? So, Alex Bregman, potentially, has been floated as a guy who could potentially be dealt, right? I don't know if the Astros want to pay him. If I'm the Blue Jays, I'm at least calling the Astros to see if they could trade for Alex Bregman at third base. Now, in the outfield, we just saw an in-division trade between the Yankees and the Red Sox for a corner outfielder and Alex Verdugo. How about a Blue Jays-Orioles trade for Anthony Santander in the corner? Two things just to let you play with. Which one do you like? Which one do you don't? Are they both crazy? Are they both attainable? Just to put something in the back of your head. Because Anthony Santander is a free agent after the year, and we know the Orioles, with all their enormous prospects in the outfield, in the infield, if they're going to spend money, it's going to be on starting pitching. They probably don't bring him back anyway. That's a corner outfielder who's very good. Like, that white guy would instantly make the Blue Jays a lot better. And the Blue Jays have the prospect capital to do it. And it's not like these in-division trades are that crazy, but the more galaxy brain thing, would the Astros actually trade Bregman? I would give it about a 95-5 no, but I still think there's a 5% chance. So what would it take for those two to be Blue Jays? I will say, I don't think Toronto has the trade capital to go and acquire Alex Bregman. I think the asking price for Bregman is going to be really high. Higher than know. many he people expect. He is a free expect. agent after the season. Yeah, but one year of Bregman, a guy with what? that high a floor. They can do it. You tell me they can't do it for one year of Bregman? They I can like do they, it, but they like. They give up Tiedemann, obviously, but like they have enough. Right, Arm? You're not trading Tiedemann? If you're you not trading trade a... Tiedemann, it's Arelvis and. Okay, they can do that. Arelvis and. Okay. I'm sure Barger. Blue Jays fans would say, get out of here. Sure, we'll do that for Alex Bregman for a year. But then you have Orelvis, no Barger. They, they might not even like those guys, too. Like, Orelvis is a very polarizing prospect. And Barger, Barger I know, had, a, had an underwhelming year. And was hurt. Uh, Barrera was hurt all year. Uh, Tiedemann, you don't even want to trade him, and he's been hurt. Eeh, it'd be hard. It'd be hard. I was thinking... I mean, that's the dream scenario, though, Peter. Like, if you could pull that off, 
by all means, like do it, pull that shit off. Yeah. I, like, okay. They could go a couple of different ways. I think you have to decide how you're going to approach the DH role because how you approach the DH role is also, I think going to affect how you approach the corner outfield role. Yeah, if you go sign a JD Martinez, who they've reportedly had interest in makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. Then you got to go get now a corner outfielder that actually plays defense. Yes. So if you get JD Martinez, then I could see a trade for like a Dylan Carlson uh, or a Max Kepler. But if you don't get a JD Martinez, what about like an Eloy Jimenez? Mm. Who Just I think please <laughs> in their wheelhouse. You, you that's just, where a barger is a barger could get it you know barger and pieces could get it done and eloy you know if it works out he's obviously a monster for you i i like carlson a lot as a fit and left um you know, the outfield defense that he would bring good good bat at least from one side of the play but i think you know at least you got a bat from both sides and kepler the same thing defense and a little bit of pop that you're going to get there I, I think let's, those three names make a lot of sense. I, I would love to see a signing of JD and a trade for Dylan Carlson. Let's like, talk Carlson. My, let's talk Carlson because we're about to get to the St. Louis Cardinals too. Yeah. So it's like we can kind of do a dual one here. Sure. Jack, but go ahead. can I just can I throw the idea out there of attaching Moncada to Eloy Jimenez? Because then you have that time buyer. What if you just send them everyone but Luis Robert and say give us Ricky Tiedemann? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so, I mean, if you attack, well, do they want Moncada? Does anybody want Yohan Moncada? It would help I them. I do not want him. You, no, like, and I wouldn't blame them if they don't want them. But all I'm saying is it's a one-year buy-in because you've got that club option that you'll decline in a heartbeat. Put them over the luxury tax. They're a hundred million shy of the luxury tax. Are they a hundred mil shy? Yeah. Yeah. They have a lot of money to work with. That's why Ooh. they were in with Otani. So it could minimize the prospect capital, get Eloy and Mankata. You just toss some Addison Barger and a eat filler. less money. Yeah. Let's yeah. Do that. I like that. that. I like that too. For that. Um, starting rotation, no notes, right? I would like them to get one because you're relying on Manoa as the five, or but you can go to Mitch eventually. White. I, but I would like them to get a, at least a one-year deal kind of guy. It doesn't have to be the shiniest toy in the shed. But there are so many starting pitchers who, you know, are currently available. Like Mike Clevenger could easily just be the fifth. Yeah, that's guy fair. For the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, they, could, they could experiment with Lucas Giolito. I mean, I don't hate Giolito as a multi-year deal. I don't hate Giolito as a one-year five. Like, someone's going to offer him two, three. Yeah, he'll be an expensive. Tyler Malley just got two years. How about like? But I I do like, I do like a a a five guy, like someone like that, Uh, Manaya or Rich Hill still wants to pitch. Yeah, I'm good. Um, Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of men's leagues out there for him. I'm trying you to think. try Carlos Carrasco. He was it's not a bad. I actually like the Carrasco move there, right? It's a good it's upside move. It's your because if it doesn't work, you can still throw him in the bullpen. Like, yeah, is Flaherty going to get a multi-year deal? Probably. <laughs> really, you can give Flaherty a two-year deal though, and whatever. Are we bringing James Paxton home? Ooh. He might bring James Paxton home. The big maple, Ooh. big maple. Oh, done, Paxton. Do it. 
that makes Send so much in. sense. And it's also good for the graphic. Like when we yeah. Yeah, we can already get we can get Brandon working on that now. Get him get him digging into that that maple graphic. He's he's the, our king. Puts together some fire graphics. That would be a good one. So what we've done so far, we're signing James Paxton to be the fifth guy. Dude, Whoa, what just happened to you on yeah. YouTube? That was sick. You got Wait, the update. That's what you you got the Apple software update. Your thumbs up creates that thought cloud with a thumbs up emoji in there. Whoa, that's Arm awesome. doesn't have it. So how about this one? Do the heart on your screen, Peter. Look at that. Whoa, You've got hearts. Look at that. The look audio at people hate us right now. Walk, <laughs> walk through what we just did. All right. James Paxson is the fifth guy. We've traded for Aloy Jimenez and Yoan Mankata. So right now the lineup looks like for the Toronto Blues is in 2024. George Springer on right, Bichette at short, Vladdy at first, Aloy at DH, Yoan Mankata, Kevin Biggio, however you want to do that at third. Second base, Davis Schneider, Santiago Espinal. A bunch of guys can work all around there. In center field, you have Dalton Varsho. At catcher, you have Alejandro Kirk. And who is playing in the corner outfield? Can they trade for Carlson too? Yeah, because you're so only really giving moves. up Barger and a filler. I want them to trade for um, Anthony Santander. I feel like that's such a good fit. In-division trade is going to be tough, man. It's yeah. been happening before. That's why I brought it up, though. It's not impossible. Yeah, but they trade bums. They don't trade, like, studs. How about this? Easy one. Hunter Renfro. You could sign him to a one-year deal. Easy one. He's going to hit you home runs. Like, I mean, yeah, that guy was I mean, placed on much worse than Is he that much worse than Teo? Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah. But... <laughs> I mean, kind of, yeah. <laughs> you could send Manoa and a prospects and get Dylan Carlson. Manoa still has injury. Yeah. Get, get in, and they need pitchers. They need starters. Get him the hell out of town. Go get let's go. Let's get Manoa. They need to open a 26 man spot too. And a 40 spot. Send Manoa out. Let's get Carlson into town. I think that's great. I love it too. Let's go. But but the thing is, would you rather have Carlson or Anthony Santander? I'd rather have I'd rather have Santander, but I just I just think it's incredibly un, unrealistic. That's fine. And for and for the price and the years of control and the value, like Carlson makes. The only way the O's are going to do it is if you pay a pretty penny. And yeah. like, I don't think you need. No, and that segues right into the St. Louis Cardinals. We'll start playing jam with them. So we can go position by position here in a moment, but first let's go through the team payroll again. The luxury tax, the competitive balance tax, is at approximately $237 million coming into this year. The Cardinals are at 157.4 as it stands right mm. now. So they've got about $80 million to work with. They've already had a pretty active offseason by signing three starting pitchers. In Sonny Gray to three years, 75. Kyle Gibson got one year for 11. Lance Lynn got one year for 10. Do you think Kyle Gibson is going to hold that over Lance Lynn in the clubhouse? Like, hey, my one-year deal was a million dollars more than yours. <laughs> they value me higher than they value you. But did you guys like the position-by-position position thing? We can do that again if you want. Absolutely. I love it. Okay. Catcher. Maybe, like, obviously Wilson Contreras is not the best catcher in baseball, but with Wilson Contreras and Yvonne, and, and Yvonne Herrera ready to back him up, that tandem is as good as any tandem in baseball. 
totally fine. Let's move. First base, Paul Goldschmidt, and then the 30 homer guy in 80 games in the minor leagues last year, Luke and Baker. Yeah, they're fine. Freak. Yeah, Goldschmidt, uh, yeah. Alec Burleson is also a backup first baseman. Second base, Nolan Gorman slash Brendan Donovan slash Tommy Edmond. They're fine. So fine. Shortstop, Mason Wynn slash Tommy Edmond. You're cool with it, right? Oh, you yeah. have to be cool with it. Third base, Nolan Arenado slash Brendan Donovan. Cool with it. I don't know how this team finished last in the NL Central. <laughs> this team is fucking good. They're good, <laughs> bro. They're good. The outfield is where it gets interesting. Lars Newtbar and Jordan Walker are sure things. Mm-hmm. But then you got to figure out who the third outfielder is going to be. Do you hold on to Carlson? We just traded Dylan Carlson. So then you've got Edmund factored in. You'd probably slap Donovan in the corner. Richie Palacios is also a bench bat. Victor Scott looks close. Victor Scott can be up there and be a fill-in slash fourth outfield type. But how are we going to go about this outfield to make them World Series contenders? Well, the outfield as of right now, Tommy Edmond, Tommy Edmond in center, Jordan Walker in right, and Lars Newtbar in left. Pretty good. But I think you want Tommy Edmond in the infield because he's so all-world there. He's pretty elite in center, too, though. Yeah, yeah, he is pretty elite in center. But, I, yeah, no, I guess I'm just hanging on to the fact that I feel like he is seriously one of the best defensive shortstops in the league and second base. He's just so elite defensively. So, if you're factoring in Edmond in center, that pushes Carlson to the bench. And your DH right now, with Gorman playing second base, would be Brendan Donovan? I think you just put maybe Gorman at DH. Edmund. I think you I think you sign a DH. Are we gonna sign more hitters to this team? They have 70 of them. Why, why not why not Gorman at DH and yeah. and Donovan playing second? That works. Is Gorman gonna face left-handed pitching? I think Carlson could take some of those at bats. We, we just traded Carlson. Dylan Carlson for Alec Manoa. Yeah, but this is a separate this is a separate scenario here. No, no, we're we're this is all in the just baseball world. No, I we, I'm we cool already with it being separate because I just traded Dylan Carlson <laughs> here on one note. So we gotta <laughs> trade him. We traded tomorrow. Okay. No, I we traded Dylan Carlson. No, they have I, I think now. I I think we do have to talk about that. So you've got Gorman DHing against right-handed pitching, and then against left-handed pitching. How do you want to go about it? Like. You know, presumably, if I'm the Cardinals and I haven't made that trade yet, I'm I'm looking at it as you know Carlson takes those at bats. If I'm not mistaken, Carlson's far better from the right side than the left side, and, and you far more productive that way. And you could have Carlson hop in the outfield, and you could have Jordan Walker DH against Correct. left-handed pitchers. So then your defense is is still rock solid. That's why, like when when the when our in our fairy tale land where the Cardinals and the Blue Jays are going back and forth, that's why they're gonna have the leverage here and say, oh, no, no, this ain't our fourth outfielder. He's our platoon guy and, you know, playing a little fourth outfield. So I think if it can get you a starting pitcher like a Manoa, who gives them a lot more upside than, you know, some other pieces, then we could end up moving him in that parallel world. But just to cover all angles, he is a better hitter from the right side. 761 OPS from the right side last year, uh, 618 OPS oh. from the left side last year. So, you know, you you let him take that that side of the platoon, that could help. By the way, also, year before that, 2022, from the right side, 866 OPS. From the left side, 659. Maybe you should scrap it. Maybe you should just hit from the right side. I know Maybe. it's way harder when you got right on right sliders, but that's a pretty big discrepancy for 
you know, to be worse at the side that you're going to hit more often from. Yeah. That's a separate conversation. I, I, like, I, I think that could be, you know, the way they go about it. If we're not doing the like parallel universe, if he's traded in this playing GM episode, then he's also not on the team for this playing GM episode. Yeah. It's tough to do that. What, a player that does make sense kind of both for the Blue Jays and the Cardinals. What about Justin Turner? If we're talking about platoons, we're talking about third baseman. He's definitely of interest for both of them. He's probably got an everyday role out there for him, right? He might, but then it might be one with a non-contender. I don't know if it's an everyday role with a contender. He was nasty last year. I know. He was damn he solid last year. He might just be the starting third baseman for the Blue Jays in 2024. Like that might, might just be. The- that's also not a bad yeah. That's it. That's, but going back to the Jays, that's a pretty fire option. Exactly. He defended well last year. Adam Duvall has an everyday role out there for himself, right? Probably. I'm trying to think. How about I mean, Renfro? Yeah, I mean Renfro could be that guy again. Well, no, he's a Blue Jay, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, but we did no, that no, we again. Remember the, <laughs> So the, to answer the the like segmentation of things, how we kind of approached it holistically. We had several guys that we like gave to every team last year. So I, I guess Broke. that is the answer to like approaching them each individually. So in this world, we are holding on to Carlson, but I think it's very realistic that in a world where, you know, we're not running the Cardinals that all, there's a chance that Carlson would get moved. And there actually already has been rumors and conversations about Carlson to the Jays. But in this instance, I would keep Carlson if I was on the Cardinals side of things. You know, from the Blue Jays, I'm trying to prime away. From the Cardinals, I'm trying to keep him probably just because I don't know if there's somebody that fits that exact role as well as Carlson does, especially if Tommy Edmond goes down. Um, you need another guy that can plug into center. You know, he's the guy that can really plug into center. Sean Newt could play some center as well, so yeah. that that does help. But I I think they need someone that can kind of spell the left-handed side of things, especially because it can get a little lefty heavy. Um, I, I think Carlson just takes over that side of the platoon. I don't think they need to to really add anything on the position player side. I, I, I don't really see how they could get that much better. Uh, if they're going to spend money, I'd keep going on the pitching. I Yeah, obviously the pitching was like the main thing, but I love that we're talking about a last place team still being in the World Series conversation if they do nothing offensively. Like mm-hmm. that, that's, it's such a unique situation with the 2023 St. Louis Cardinals. You got to understand that. I think John Moselak does understand that. And he was very active right away. Peter, I know that you've got some thoughts on who they've already signed in Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson and in Sonny Gray. As of right now, that rotation stacks up as Gray, Miles Michaelis, Gibson, Lynn, Stephen Matz. And then you've got Matthew Liberator, Gordon Graceffo, Michael McGreevy kind of waiting as like the six, seven, eight guys. The bullpen real quick is Helsley, Gallegos, Jojo Romero, Andre Pallante, Zach Thompson. I don't think you have to do much there. You can sign a reliever if you want. I think Hicks reunion makes some sense. Like go get another setup guy. Um, But the rotation is, I think where they need a frontline guy. And I think they could do that via trade or they just pony up and pay Blake Snell. Could do that. They'd certainly do need a lefty. Don't they? Hmm. So I think we could talk trading for glass. Now we could try talk signing Marcus Stroman or we could talk signing Blake Snell. I think I'd rather sign Blake Snell among everything because they have the money, and Uh, they do. And the reason that I did like it is now they have a lot of guys who are going to eat innings, right? 
Sonny Gray, Miles Michaelis, Kyle Gibson, Lance Lynn. These are guys who can kind of pencil in, of course, injuries could happen, but for 150 plus innings, like that's what these guys do. So if you gamble with a Blake Snell and he is 80% of what he was last year, and I think he could be better, especially with that defense behind him, right? Those walks are turning into a lot of double plays with how good that defense is. I think Blake Snell's the answer here. Are there guy I, like is there another guy besides Glass now that you would entertain trading for? Like, do you entertain trading for a cease? Because on the trade market, I think if you go and get a frontline guy, you're gonna need to include Carlson, which throws a wrench in our plan. So I do like the free agent signing best. I do think Snell is the best option, but Aram, do you limit the trade reach out to just Glass now? Yeah, I don't see them. I don't see them trading for anybody that's going to cost them more than Glass. Now, I, I just, I, I don't see it. I, I could see Glass now could make sense just because the Rays, I do think, line up with them decently well. But I just think, in, in that instance, the Dodgers are just going to be able to offer something more catered towards them. And again, if those rumor deals are happen to be true, which we've seen that corroborated by you know several you know, respectable reporters. I don't I don't see the a world where the Cardinals are gonna be able to offer more than what Ryan Pepio can immediately give the Rays. So I love the Snell idea because I, everything and we don't know, you know, you can only relate to what you what you've read, but everything I've read is that the market may not be materializing long term wise the way that maybe Blake Snell's camp hoped, which makes sense given that fact that like three of us wouldn't give him five, six years. So maybe it's a three year high AAV deal. I'm fine with that if I'm the Cardinals. And uh, I mean, how far did you say they were below the uh, tax threshold? About 70. Yeah. Go high AAV short-term deal and go get Blake Snell. You, you really, you don't have any long-term commitments to the starting rotation, anything crazy long. And, you know, two of the guys are on one-year deals. Lock somebody up for a few years. You don't really have anybody coming up that's an impact starter. Tink Hence, you're hoping, but he still seems like he's a little ways away. I I think you go and pony up for Blake Snell. And I do think they need one more relief pitcher. I do. And I think you can spend there too. I think you can go get David Robertson. I think you can go get a Hector Neris. Harris. Not getting Josh Hader. It's a little expensive. So I think you go I think you go Neris and Snell. We're not doing one thing on the offensive side. Fucking pony up and let's go get some two like two impact pitchers. Go get Neris and go get Snell. And let's win a World Series. I'm rooting for the Cardinals this year. I just have to. This team is fun, man. I have a off-the-cuff idea. And I want to preface it with Blake Snell and Hector Neris. Getting those two is better than what I'm about to present. (laughs) But sometimes I like to think. And sometimes I like to float ideas. Yeah. What if St. Louis Cardinals traded some prospects or maybe a big league ready bat for Robbie Ray, Mariners? Mariners want to trade some arms, right, in order to get some bats. Robbie Ray is a little bit expensive coming off an injury. Wouldn't be that expensive for the St. Louis Cardinals. And what is Robbie Ray known for? Eating tons of innings. And with an offense this good, with the defense this good, and if we load up on the bullpen, it's less expensive than getting a Blake Snell. You still have the upside of Robbie Ray, who did win a Cy Young Award. Now, is he going to be that type of pitcher? Obviously not. But is he still a viable option there? Wouldn't be that expensive of a trade. You'd take some money. You wouldn't have to give up much. It's actually not the worst idea I've ever heard. Dick dies. 
the only the only thing I'll throw in here is he had Tommy John in May. So that would put him so back in the all-star June. break. Mm. That is a problem. That's a problem. But you have him for another year. That right? is worth noting, like for our marriage for four more years. Well, he's got a player opt out. He's got a player option. Is that cat oh, opting out? Yeah, I was like, he ain't opting out right now. No, it doesn't look like it. Yeah, so you're kind of stuck to him. Just floating some ideas. The last time people remember Robbie Ray on a hill, he threw a cement mixer slider that Jordan took 680 feet. Yeah, don't hold that against him. He has a better career than just that. I'm Robbie Ray is a good pitcher. You know how Jack. You, you know yeah, how you, we also know. Got to be careful when you bring up Robbie Ray in front of Jack. It's let the snout thing, man. Like five walks per hour. Like that's just what he did. How you win Cy Youngs, bitch. Yeah, it's called having strikeout stuff and big old thighs. Like Robbie Ray put up a 371 ERA in 2022, 284 in 2021. Like that is a guy who the Mariners might want to part with, and it wouldn't be that expensive. And if he comes over, they eat some money. It's not the Remember, worst. It's not Bryce the worst. Miller, Brian Wu. Sorry? Uh, Aram, do they move Bryce Willer or, or Bryce Miller or Brian Wu? They shouldn't. I think they shouldn't, but mm, I could see them moving one of them because I, I they're just the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> they're the same. They're the Spider-Man meme. But it's also uh, a good I, thing. Good thing and bad thing. I, you got to live and die by the high carry fastball and, you know, that's like 60% usage of that pitch, heavy reliance type. I do think they move one. I do. And, and Wu kind of had some arm flare-ups. Both of them, I don't know if they're built to eat 170 innings. I do think one of those guys gets moved. Re- regardless, it seems like the best move and the most Cardinals move here is going to be high AAV short-term for Blake Snell. Go get Hector Neris. And let's go win a chip. Like, let's stop underachieving uh, my big playing gm move personally would be filing firing ollie marmel but <laughs> that's like that's my key move but personally and not relinquishing my 85 million dollar catcher of his catching duties and then giving it back so like that would be my playing gm he move. needed that week though it was like a silent yeah. retreat it was that cave that rogers went into in wyoming that cost like a thousand bucks a night that's what happened mm-hmm. to Wilson Contreras for that little bit. Yeah, I'm sure he's just relaxing, unplugging. Just, I have another idea. Oh no! And this one's even crazier. <laughs> Are the Braves going to extend Max Fried? No, jeez, oh, nope. And with that, <laughs> no, thank no, you. No, let's get the merch. Just everybody, just everyone, calm no. down for a no, second. No, I listen. I There's just a zero percent the chance. De La Cruz thing like this, and I'm going to shut down the Freed thing like this. <laughs> yeah, did you know, Arm, that Jack and I were talking about the Reds, and I forget how it came up. I, I was like, "What? So we shouldn't listen on an Ellie De La Cruz deal? Imagine the imagine the package." You know, you know how I found I found that you said that was <laughs> I went on our YouTube channel, and I saw a comment, like I got a notification comment. I've been listening to the show forever. This has got to be the dumbest thing Peter's ever said. And I was like, okay, I got to find exactly what he said. I've, I've said way dumber, I feel like. Was that the dumbest? Oh, for sure. We've like all that said that dumber than dumb. that. that was yeah, it, was, dumb. it was, it was, and, it was and, hey, oh, we're just floating. 
All we're doing is floating. Nobody's making any deals here. We're just talking baseball. Players. Don't you the dare even go talk. to the Cardinals. Yeah, don't, you don't you dare even mention it. You don't. You don't talk about trading out Adela Cruz. You just. You just Everyone, don't. You just don't, don't do it. That. Everyone's taking things so seriously. I'm you just don't. saying, Max Freed should be a Cardinal, and don't, I don't know how we're going to get him. To don't do it. I could. Like, I, I'd rather see him in St. Louis, but the, that'd be the brave saying. Hey, you know, like we want to win a World Series, but now here you go. Like, I'm take this saying, guy and get in our way for us. The reason I bring it up is I just don't know why they haven't extended him yet. It is what bizarre. The do. They sign him. They sign these guys immediately. So, like, what is their plan with him? That's why I was just thinking outside the box of lefties who could possibly fit bats going either way. It's obviously not going to happen. I just – the only reason I bring it up is why haven't they extended him yet? I just don't get it. Yeah, we asked the same thing about Dansby. We asked the same thing about Freddie Freeman. And look where they're at. Maybe Max Reed is the Cardinal. So, let's, let's recap the Cardinals right now. So – they're, they've got so many hitters in so many different places. It's hard for me to do it, but we didn't touch the offense, right? No, we didn't touch it. We're signing Blake Snell to a high AAV deal. We're not going to trade for Tyler glass. Now I like the lefty. They got a lot of righties in here. Of course you have Steven Matz, but you know, we'll see what he can give you. I really want to get he a does throw with his left hand. He does, but Blake Snell is the best option here. And then you have Helsley of Gallegos, Jojo Romero, Andre Pallante, and then we're signing Hector Neris. Should we get them another reliever just for fun? Should we? I think that's enough because they traded for Robertson and they traded for one other cat that I forget that they just put in the bullpen. So I think I think they're good. Should, should we just give them Trevor Gott? <laughs> yeah, if you want. Yeah, if you, if you really want to give them Gott. Do you feel strongly maybe, about it? Maybe we'll give them... Maybe we'll give them Josh DeMont. What about Robert Stevenson? Every team wants him now because the Rays just labbed him. Yeah, sure. Whatever you want to do, sweet pea. Uh, merch? All right, fine. Max Free to the Cardinals. Go get yourself some Just Baseball merch. It's in the episode description. I'm rocking the hat. Arms rocking the hat. Jack is rocking nothing because he hates the company. Don't be like Jack. Get yourself some Just Baseball merch. And of course, if you're watching this on YouTube, hit that subscribe button as fast as you can. Because guess what? It's free. And all of our content is on here. And it helps support us. We're also supporting by leaving a five-star review, whether it be on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. And a written review is always really nice to see. Thank you guys for doing that. That's Jack. That's Arm. I'm Peter. We will be back next week on Monday. And with that, thank you.